electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good morning, Wednesday morning. Welcome, everyone, to Squawk on the Street. I'm Sarah Eisen here with Jim Cramer. Carl has the morning off. David is on assignment. In just a few moments, we've got an exclusive interview with the CEO of Boeing, Dave Calhoun, on the heels of that company's results. Taking a look at futures right now, looks like we're going to rebound from what was just an ugly session all around. Everything sold off yesterday into the close, down 800 points. We're up 240 or so on the Dow. S&P 500 up 16 points and the NASDAQ up 34. The NASDAQ got slammed yesterday. As I mentioned, big sell-off into the close. It was broad. It was bad breath. It was the third negative session in a row for the Dow. And the Dow is now below its 200-day moving average. The NASDAQ suffering its worst day since September 2020. Trading in bear market territory, which means that it's down more than 20% from a 52-week high. We've got two big names out in the index with results. Alphabet reporting weaker earnings. That was the perception on a revenue miss. Perception. Big one Thank on you YouTube. for that. Thank you for that. Well, because I, I know you're going to push back, and you I, bet also, I, am. I also went and read that conference call, and and same with Microsoft, which we'll talk about as well, which is helping futures a little bit, up 4%. Right. But on Alphabet, there's still a lot of growth. 24% revenue growth. The YouTube numbers were a big miss, and certainly a big no, miss if no, you look compared okay. to a year uh, ago. One of the things that Ruth Porat does, the excellent CFO, is not handhold. I mean, she's kind of a realist. I mean, she could have called everybody around and said, you know what, Ukraine, there's a war, and that could reverberate to Western Europe. Remember, uh, it, it, you had Nick Kesharora build this incredible business in Europe, and it's always been very oh, important. Uh, and so what bothered me is, it's like, do you really just view it statically and just accept the fact that, well, you know what? What a miss. Or do you say, of course, and you asterisk it. Now, I don't want to get too granular right now because I know you're going through like a million different things. But, I mean, Microsoft makes everybody look bad because they took a, they took a very big miss on Russia. And it's like, hey, let's just, who cares? You know, we have a big miss on Russia. Take out $110 million for the war. But I just feel like Alphabet down here, and I do own my travel trust with a very low basis, is a buy. And I think it's a buy because you got to be kidding me. Do you really think that they're not doing well? They also had really tough comps because that, this comps. quarter last year for YouTube, this was growing. The business was growing 49 percent. So now it was only up 14 percent. The market was looking for 24 percent growth Search. on YouTube. Search is. I mean, let's look at the way that we're going to get get people to go somewhere. Traditional advertising, TV, not so great. Paper, not obviously paper. Jesus, it still comes out. Poor trees. Uh, you can reach people. Um, by uh, Amazon, and you can reach people by Alphabet. And the ROI for Alphabet's amazing. We're going to have to see the ROI for Facebook. That's today after the Because bell. I just, I mean, how much is TikTok taken from Instagram? 30%. That was the big problem last quarter. Well, it's going to get worse. Plus, Mark is working on the... Zuckerberg is working on the metaverse. I think metaverse is fantastic for 23, 24, 25. Early, yeah. But, you know, we're in 22. Right. So, I mean, we got to worry about Instagram. I like that way. And I don't think that he's focused on Instagram enough. 
So are you negative on, on Meta we going sold in a lot after of, We sold a lot of Meta. We had this basis that was from the days when they were trying to figure out cell phones. But I just, I don't know what to do. We kept a little just because you need capital gain, capital gain, capital gain. But uh, Mark's got to focus on the, on the bellwether. And, and, and that is Instagram, okay? They've shown that they can pivot pretty well. They pivoted to I mobile said that very, to you very quickly. The other yeah. day, absolutely. But I'm just saying the stock, look, maybe people say, well, that's why the stock is at X. Uh, it's been slammed. I don't get too granular, but Instagram is the money, not Meta. I mean, you know, talk to Jensen Wong on Meta because he like is Omni, and that's right now, but it's industrial Omni, and that's terrific. Like you know, Chipotle is industrial. Omni. I, I increasingly am on Instagram and increasingly doing things like shopping and following the links even for the ads and shopping? buying stuff. Doing things, that's what I like. Instagram. I'm you on know, Instagram too. You know why? It's kinder and gentler. Agree. You know, my daughter went over my, I had my daughter go over my Twitter feed to analyze it. My daughter's real smart. And her conclusion was, if you ever read the message columns, you'll commit suicide. So just stop. It's hard to, it's hard to process it is hard those to comments. Read, but and, and, and free speech. I don't know if that makes it worse or better but under I, Elon Musk. You know, there are people who have built their careers on Twitter. And it, this is really way too Virginia Woolf that we're doing, but but and I think that they'll end up paying. And by the way, you know, I'm getting all these articles about how the left is leaving Twitter. They'll come back. You know why it'll come back? Because it's free. But For if now. he Right. And that's what he has to do. He has to charge. You know, YouTube actually and, and Alphabet executives talked up their TikTok competitor, Shorts, and I think put some surprising numbers. Thirty billion daily views there. That was double the prior quarter. So they're actually growing this business to compete with TikTok as well. They have to, and that's what that's what Zuckerberg has to do. Look, TikTok is the explosion. I don't know if you've done TikTok video. I mean, I tried TikTok versus much. Reels, okay? Reels is glitchy. Reels has problems. TikTok is seamless. I mean, you know, when someone like me can do a, a TikTok video, it, therefore it's easy. I mean, I, I, I don't know how to you fix a VCR. You have to have a, a fancy VCR. camera and good lighting. Yeah, well, you need the 13, you need the 13 Pro. Oh, by the way, this company's going to report. Uh, who cares? Thursday. I mean, we're in that moment, Fang. We're in that moment right now. By the way, right nobody's now, done we're, anything. Fang is like, you got this root canal. It's a problem. But nobody's had any kind of quarter like Netflix. Like, not even, Spotify. No, Spotify was, yeah, Spotify People thought it was a big quarter. It. They actually grew subscribers. I know, 19%. 2 million subscribers. We've got the CFO on. Well, let's get a little more, a little less stream of consciousness because then you're looking at what, I, what my brain does, and that's certainly <laughs> no... Well, okay, let's go. let's bring it back to the market. So, Vegas so Alphabet, you're not, you're, you're, you think it's a bad Alphabet's order. Great. You think it's and, a buy? Know, let them sell it. Let them sell it. If they actually bother to read Ruth Porat and then understand Ruth from when she was at Morgan Stanley, they realize it was an amazing quarter. But you know what? They don't understand the mind of Ruth Porat, the CFO, who is brilliant and understands much more than they do. They are Lilliputians versus her. Okay. There's also Microsoft, which we can talk oh, about. Okay. Revenue growth of 18%. Better guidance on all three business yeah. segments. Golden and calf? The no. number of Azure deal. deals worth $100 million in the quarter, more than double. I was looking for 47. They came in 49. Cloud growth. Azure was fantastic. Yeah. Which is fantastic. It matched it, the quarter before, even. There was I, no better, slowdown there. Better. There were no flies on Microsoft. No hair, whatever it is. I, I say no flies because of the, you know, the personal nature of no hair. But it was amazing. <laughs> And, and by the way, Xbox now available. We should talk gaming because okay. ga- gaming down. So they are ga- going to buy Activision Blizzard. Oh, well, I don't, is buy that Activision. really going to happen? I don't know. They have to hope now that antitrust blocks them. 
I will tell you that with the Xbox now available, we have to find out what that means for Best Buy because it means that the pull-through is ahead. I thought that the game cycle would have one more year. We should have known from Corsair Gaming that it was absolutely going nowhere. But uh, we really have to watch gaming because it's obviously that gaming is now in the DocuSign Zoom world of hell. Right? Right. You know, this sure. seven, let, let, let's get, um, you, you know, you got like seven circles of hell. They're like in circle five. Dante. Are you a, are you a gamer? No, I'm a Dante guy. Oh, okay. I thought the first question from Keith Weiss of Morgan Stanley on Microsoft, what gives you the confidence that you can see this kind of durability of business if we face an economic slowdown? And, well, the, and the confident answer right. of Satya Nadella, because we're competitive right. and, and, and we have better right. pricing and we have better product. Well, do you want a company that has worse pricing, worse product, and has no confidence? Let's talk to Phil Lobotis. Boeing, we should hit it because it is moving lower after quarterly results out this morning. Miss the street expectations on a number of metrics. Phil LeBeau alongside Boeing CEO David Calhoun. Phil, take it away. Thank you, Sarah. Dave, they set it up perfectly. You missed on the top and the bottom line. Yep. You had a number of charges in there. It was not a good-looking quarter at all. What do you say to Boeing investors who are looking at their shares moving lower now and tell them that you believe you have a game plan for not only the second quarter but the rest of this year? Yeah, Phil, first, great to have you here in South Carolina and great great to see some tails behind us um, on the production line. Um, messier quarter than any of us would have liked. Um, familiar themes, uh, supply chain constraints, COVID, inflation, have disproportionate impact on our company in one specific area, and that's our fixed price development contracts that we do with our uh, defense business. And they took a hit, uh, without, without a doubt. We had Air Force One, which is a program most, most people know yep. a lot about. It took a hit. Our trainer uh, took a hit and our MQ-25. We love those development programs and we love the work we're doing and the performance of the airplanes, but the accounting uh, proved to be difficult. Inflation, how worried are you about what we're seeing? We were talking before we went on the air. You want to see these numbers in the middle of this year because you think that's really going to be the telltale sign in terms of pricing and whether companies have to basically bake this in permanently in terms of higher costs. Yeah, we have more time than most because we're a long cycle business. Our contracts tend to protect us to some extent, not completely. But that first lap, uh, the second year of the inflation, for us is very meaningful because our airline customers are as short cycle as you can get and they've got to go out with their prices as fast as they can. There's pent up demand, it's strong demand, and they can pass those prices through. That second year, when inflation begins to take a toll on the consumer's pocket, um, that's when those numbers really begin to matter to us. And we'll find out whether they actually have an effect or a slowdown of any sort before we start thinking about longer-term, medium-term pricing strategies. The 777X, you were supposed to deliver the first one by the end of next year. You're pushing that off to 2025. You're pausing 777 passenger airplane manufacturing. You're still going to be manufacturing the freighter. People are looking at the 777 now and they're saying it, it feels like they're continuing to push this out and push it out and push it out. Well, it's, it's, uh, the push out is simply a uh, lessons learned on this new certification process. And it is rigorous, uh, high, high sure. level of scrutinization. Uh, uh, this process, we take every lesson we have and we have tried to apply it to our, uh, to our future certs. The 777 has strength in lots of ways, and our decision to do this is, reflects those strengths. So we're delaying it long enough to believe that we can get to the finish line in accordance with the dates that we've said. 2025 is, in fact, 
uh, the year. But importantly for us, it allows us to open up some capacity in a metal wing freighter, the traditional metal wing 777 freighter, for which we have enormous demand. So we will plug that in there and it will prevent us from developing airplanes and producing airplanes which, which we then may have to rebuild and rework. So there's just a lot of reasons why I view this as the strength of the 777, our ability to make this decision and do it early in, the, early in its uh, uh, certification life. Jim's got a question for you. Jim? Yeah, yeah uh, Dave, always good to see you. Thank you for coming on. Hi, Jim. Uh, China. China. Yeah. Uh, you, you sent a plane to China. I was getting very excited because I thought, well, obviously the plane's ready. Uh, the Chinese certification seems to be held up. Order's not going anywhere. Uh, could that be political because the plane's running well? Yeah, Jim, uh, again, good question, a familiar theme. Uh, first, uh, I, I want to at least pass on our thoughts and prayers to the families um, of the passenger and crew on Flight 5735, which, as you know, over, over a couple of months ago, we, we experienced a, a horrible loss. Uh, anyway, uh, with respect to China broadly, um, right now, all of the slowdowns relate to the COVID management uh, process and decisions that they've made as a country. So as you know, domestic passenger traffic is down considerably and it will stay down. I don't attribute anything to where we stand in China to politics. I attribute it to that slowdown. Every signal before that with respect to the research of the airplane and the introduction of that reintroduction of the airplane into service has been going according to schedule. And we're comfortable that it will continue to do so. We're there for our customers. We're going to continue to support them. And I'm, I'm still confident that, uh, that China, when it uh, gets COVID under control again, uh, will come out and be, a, be an active buyer of Boeing airplanes. Okay, so there are obviously just two large companies in this business. We heard in unbelievable interviews by Phil about the demand. We have some people, I get Bastion saying it's the greatest point ever. Uh, just pause it for me. Had you had the best execution that were used from Boeing, uh, how great a quarter would have this been instead of what a horrendous quarter it is? Well, the underlying trends on both our max, both in terms of demand and honestly in delivery, are pretty good. We are con constantly moving up our rate of production. We are moving the inventory of airplanes, which is still considerable, out into the marketplace. True in the 787, I'm very proud that the 87 CERC plan has been submitted. It's thorough. And this factory is humming, and airplanes are ready to be flown. So I feel very good about the progress we've made on that front. And as you said, without a doubt, the demand for those two products is significant. And I would also say the demand for the 777 is significant. So I am not worried about demand issues. And yes, if I could make all the airplanes in the world I could make, um, things would be very, very robust. But the facts are we are in a supply-constrained world. And uh, all of us have to make sure that we, we keep our eye focused on that and we deliver predictably to our customers. I will say this, in that environment, um, I hate how I got here, but we've got 400 airplanes in inventory that are essentially finished goods. That gives us an advantage in the next couple of years while we're all battling supply, gains, supply chain constraints around the world. Well, Dave, let's talk about 100 of those planes in inventory, the 787 Dreamliner. Yeah. You've got a couple behind you here, one for American, one for United. Those CEOs are wondering, when are they going to get these? I know you've submitted the plan to the FAA. Yep. Are they likely in the third quarter, the fourth quarter? What's your sense when you start to deliver Dreamliners yep. again? 
Everyone would love for me to give you a date. I can't do that because the FAA controls that process. We are confident and comfortable that we have submitted the best boat, the best that Boeing can submit. It's thorough, it's been investigated in every way, and you'll see firsthand after we uh, do this interview, the precision and the scrutiny that each airplane has gotten. They're ready, they want to get flown, um, and I am confident that the FAA alongside our engineering teams will work their way through this cert and we'll be back in the air sooner rather than later. With that inventory of 400 planes, including the 100 Dreamliners, how quickly can you bring it down? Once you get everything in place, how quickly can you say, okay, let's turn on the spigot at full blast, let's start delivering these? Well, it, it will depend on the readiness of our airlines. Um, they have to get pilots ready, crews ready, all those things. They have a busy summer schedule. We've already disappointed them with respect to the capacity on that summer schedule. Um, so we've got to get there as fast as we can, but we will on only do it in accordance with their ability to accept. Um, but as Jim said, demand, the question of whether they want them, and they want them sooner rather than later, that, that is not an issue for, for us. Like other industrials, you guys worry about inflation, you worry about rising interest rates in a global economy. How worried are you right now about that? Well, I, I, I'm worried like everybody about the long-term effects of inflation. I, number one, I don't, I don't want them to be long-term. But we have some things that are beginning to bake themselves into the, the process. We know labor contracts are beginning to extend. We know they're getting richer. We know that those in the short cycle world with pricing power are exercising it. Pricing power is inflation. Right? So all of that does ultimately take a toll on the consumer. I think if we, if we tamp down or get anywhere near recession, I believe it's short-lived because I do think the underlying COVID supply chain constraints will get resolved. And uh, you know we're all guessing a little bit about that. I have a little bit of time to get that right, but um, it does worry me. Dave Calhoun, CEO of yeah. Boeing. Joining us today, guys from Charleston. Dreamliner behind us here. We're going to go down and take a look at some of the uh, rework and changes that they're part of their uh, application for certification that they have submitted to the FAA. We'll have more on that throughout the day. Guys, back to you. Great, Thank Phil. You. Thank you. Making thanks, your way Phil. around the country, talking to all these, these CEOs this week. Phil LeBeau and our thanks to the Boeing CEO, which this is going to add to Boeing's declines for the year, bring it down to 20%. Yeah, quite unfortunate. Uh, I think that Boeing, unfortunately, sold a huge amount for my charitable trust. Unfortunately, held on to some. I think that Boeing is at a critical moment. I, I don't think it's as, uh, as, it's more existential than I think it is just execution. I think that the real issues here, they have got to fix these plans. Trust. Yes. Credibility factors really on the line, not just for the stock, but for the company itself. Now, if you're, at, if you're any of the CEOs of the major airlines, you're saying, okay, listen, I'm in bed with Boeing. We're here Southwest, they're in bed with Boeing. Uh, but you heard what he said right at the end, which is we have a little bit of time. This management team has a little bit of time, okay? This management team. Now you can say, listen, Dave just cut in. Uh, we all know that if you don't execute in this world, you're gonna, someone else is gonna execute. So Dave's gotta get this together. He needs what I call a W. He's not had a win since he's come in. And I am very disappointed that even just with the president's presidential plane, with defense, I'm looking for something that is heartening. Now, Dennis Bolenberg, his unfortunate CEO, predecessor, well, unfortunately, Greg Smith was in there for about a month, just things, told you a story that I now feel was a false narrative. And I don't like what's happening there at all. Oh. Uh, and I, I, you know, this is not anything that you can say, uh, 
is a proud American company anymore. I mean, I remember when my, my father would tell me that, and I said this to, to Jim McNerney, my father was getting, he had, getting shot at, and every single time he landed in nine hot landings, and then one time he saw silver plates, hmm. and they weren't zeros, they were Boeings, and you recognize that Boeing was the great American company that could win the war, or at least compete, you know, help with the Soviets, of course. The, the savior, This right? does not yeah. feel like Boeing, versus, versus, Phil LeBeau's excellent interview with Mary Barr this morning with GM, where I think she's being sold short. Big pivot to EVs. Just on Boeing, just quickly, you know, it does feel like the trends should be in their favor. In their favor. We've got the strongest airline business and travel outlook that we have seen maybe ever. And then on defense, $2 trillion defense Defense, spending. We hit that for the first time last year, and Europe's ramping up, and that business is declining double digits. No, look, it's upsetting. It's iconic company. We can't afford to have Boeing in this nation. We can't, have, we can't have afford to Boeing become a third-rate, pitiful, helpless giant. And that's what I feel that Boeing is on the verge of doing. Uh, Calhoun came on, okay, very good, but he came on to tell us nothing good. And I, look, and the ca- by the way, the cash flow was, was awful, okay? So let's not say the cash flow was fine. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, when I come away from the interview, and again, my channel just owns this, come away from the, from the interview and saying, what the heck was I thinking holding on to any of this? Wow. That's pretty brutal. Hey, you know what? Self-remonstration is the key to success. Well, it's not helping the Dow today, although it looks like we are going to get a bit of a rebound. One thing I would Microsoft. just caution is that the dollar is making new highs. We have as to we go speak. into this. We have to. We will. When we get back, will we go into this? Because 100%. It's not, it is it's not helping our stock market. It's not helping our earnings either. 17 cent hit on Mondelez. We'll talk about all of it. Pass the Oreos. Uh, we'll with, come right back. With futures. Yeah, we've also got another big interview coming your way this hour. T-Mobile's Mike Siebert will join us exclusively here at Post 9, fresh off of what was pretty good numbers from him. Taking a look at futures. Higher. Remember, we're rebounding from the worst day from the NASDAQ since September 2020. Dow futures up almost 200. More Squawk on the Street straight ahead. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shei, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. 
Taking another look at futures. Looks like we're going to get a mini rebound off of a very ugly day yesterday. Mini. It's mini compared to an 800-point yeah. sell-off, what we saw from the NASDAQ. All the April to, to date, month to date stats are pretty ugly. Coming up, it's Kramer's Mad Dash as we count you down to the opening bell. We could try to explain what it's like to get your work done on a John Deere mower, compact tractor, or Gator XUV. But to really understand the feeling, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I have to hand it to our supply chain team and our, and our partners uh, that supply us. Um, you know, fortunately, we don't buy a lot of conventional items because we have a very different food ethos and food principles. So that helps us in some of the inflationary environment, but we're doing everything we can to avoid having to pass on pricing. Um, but, it, it, you know, it's getting harder and harder. Brian Nichols, CEO of Chipotle, Kramer's Mad Dash as we count you down to I the opening bell. They're doing okay. Yeah, in the conference call, Jack Hartung, whom I absolutely love, the CFO, said this is the worst inflation environment he's ever seen. And he's been around since the beginning. I will say this. Uh, the reason I wanted to fo- focus on Chipotle for a moment is because they're not uh, worried about unions. Why are they not worried about unions? Because they own the stores, first of all. Remember, Starbucks has a lot of stores that unionize. They don't talk about that are not owned. They're a franchise. But they are in control of their own destiny, and they like to promote from within. If you work there in a couple of years, you can make $100,000 as being a manager. They're trying to automate the, uh, the, the parts of the job that are boring and horrible. This company is a company that you and I would work for if we come out of school and started over again. You don't think they're threatened by the, the robots that they're increasingly using, chippies, to make tor- Look, tortilla uh, chips? Look, as someone who has watched a, a terrific guy have to make chips from three to five every day and who's an artist and a great cook, no. Let's take that job out of the hands of people because it's just too dumb. I like how he told you, not guacamole, though. They like making guacamole. Well, but people, the avocados are very, very expensive. Uh, we had Chipotle again yesterday. We did not have the chicken dish. Uh, mixed reviews, but Brian says it's doing quite well. I, I think I'm the only one that gets tofu at the tofu marina. Yeah, you are. Um, there's four different, you know, look, he's got Chipotle, which is doing incredibly well. He's got in-store and he's got digital. It's a, it's a three-headed monster against everybody else. Don't get in their way. They can put up thousands of stores. I love those guys. Market not going to hold Well, I'm looking at the futures, Jim. 174. Well, they've already lost a little bit of steam. It feels tentative, doesn't people, it? People don't want to hear anything other than get out now. I'm not going to give them that. Can we talk about something that is a comparative advantage that we would have learned at at 10 that is not working? If China is indeed in maximum lockdown mode, if Europe is paralyzed by Ukraine, Russia, why doesn't more money come here buying our bonds and stocks from overseas? Well, I think that is the case for the U.S., that that we look the best. And and not just Watching our stocks, I think you would say that everyone's running towards CDs. And, you know, I don't think that CDs are the place to be right now. There go the bells. And the CNBC real-time exchange here at the big board. 
digital media and internet company, Zip Davis. And there's the open. It looks like we're up 10 points. You know, one level to watch on the S&P is 41.70 because we didn't get below. That was the closing low in March. Right. And now we could, and we could take that out. That, we that could take that out. I don't know. By the way, the next Sean over there at Zip Davis doing the road. Prove a money winner. Prove a money winner. I like that stock very much. Look, let let the people who want to go and get Alice Market do it right now, okay? Because And then let's you and I talk about the idea of you said safety might be too expensive. Mondelez. Mondelez. Organic organic growth, four to eight. You know what? They took it up. Safety never takes a vacation. What was interesting is they're winning on pricing and volumes, what's not helping them is the rest of the world. This is a company with 80% of their business outside the U.S. So they take a big hit from the strong dollar, 17 cents on earnings. And, and yet they were still the first, delivered. But they were the first big food company to take down guidance or at least bring it to a lower right. range. And so that, that, was, that was a little bit of a, a warning sign because, look, they're, they've got a bigger business in Russia and Ukraine. But as between Mondelez and Boeing? Mondelez better. How about Mondelez versus Kraft, which is an interesting comp? Well, Kraft, Kraft is came bad out this and good. morning. Kraft is bad. You know, it's I, all pricing. I, They're getting pricing power. The volumes were yeah. down. I, Kraft. I met uh, Dirk from Putin, both know the CEO Mondelez, of Mondelez, yeah. with, yeah. with my wife. And I was very upset because uh, John Oliver had just done a thing about me saying that my wife likes the Baconator. But I slipped up <laughs> easily because what she also likes is the yard long Toblerone. Toblerone. Yeah, so I cannot. And they personalize them now. And isn't that great? And, I, and, I, and that's exactly who's offering personalization Toblerone. And we get ter- personalization from James Quincy of Coca-Cola, another person who delivered a great quarter and you think is too expensive. Well, I don't know if it's too expensive, but those stocks have worked really, really well. Well, good. And the earnings are showing why, because even Kraft Heinz had a really good quarter and they're able to show 9% pricing gains, which in this kind of environment, people paying up for Heinz and Velveeta and... Mac well, and cheese. We all go back to that concept that there has been no trade down, and that's because the consumer is incredibly strong, which brings me to Visa, where Visa. I have tonight Al Kelly. Now, if, by the way, if that stock's down, then we really have, we should just go home. We they didn't talk. Like, go they, they I went bowling last night. Did terrible. Um, I'm a terrible bowler. All right, guys, we I love need, this stock. It's the... fantastic. Um, all right, so Visa's up 15. That's that shows you that if you do a good quarter, it's not it's not the world's not ended. Did you see any of those numbers, Visa? Really strong. Up 135 percent over three years Travel, ago. Travel's helping, right? Yeah, yeah. travel's very, very good across uh, cross border. And you know what we ought to do? We ought to do a sound bite. We have him. You From kidding? Al Kelly on the call but yesterday. But Here's I what he said about the consumer. He's everywhere. It's a preview. Preview. Let's listen. Even with the invasion of Ukraine and lingering impacts of Omicron, volumes, transactions, and credentials drove strong second quarter performance. In terms of the big picture, after the short four to five week impact of Omicron in December and January in the United States and many other parts of the world, the recovery continues to be robust. At this stage, in terms of volumes, we have seen no noticeable impact due to inflation, supply chain issues, or the war in Ukraine. No noticeable impact and at this, this point. What's the second biggest uh, country? Second volume. biggest country for credit cards in the world. Second biggest. It's a little bit of a Outside of the U.S.? Yeah. I don't know. Russia. Germany. Oh, Russia. Yeah. Four percent of their business, and you didn't even notice. Number two. It. Can you imagine? Yeah. yeah. They. By the way, they have. Mul- Russians have multiple credit cards. I mean, their wallets are incredibly thick. What I like about this quarter more than anything else is that everything's versus three years, and uh, you know, payment volume up 135 percent. And get this. This is what's really going on. And Charlie Sharp, listen up from Wells Fargo. They are. He's from this company. Debit. Yes. 
and credit are both up. But what's incredible is, is that in 2019, the world used 59% was cash. Last year was 50, now it's 46. I go to stores these days and I say, do you take cash? And I'd say 50% say we don't. I don't have cash. I haven't had cash in like five years. Who's on the nickel? I, I haven't had cash. Do you, I don't even carry you punted cash. punted on that one. They had a really nice house in good vines. <laughs> Jefferson. Jefferson. All right. What does it mean for PayPal after the bell? That one hasn't been as strong. So T-Mobile's pretty good here. You, are you punting that? Completely. <laughs> PayPal reports after the bell, and I, I think there are some serious questions around that All right, let's get serious about name, PayPal. Right? He came on Dan my Shulman. show. Yep. Came on the show, Dan Shulman, when the stock was at 185, to align the sand, said there's not going to be any problems, and uh, that it's really good. You can get better than expected. And if you notice, there's a one missing in front of the A. Yeah, it's been slammed. Is it an activist target? It's too big. Still? Slammed. Do you use the word slammed? Don't you think that it's like body Crushed. slammed or they're down there giving them the business? I think you should be a little more uh, a- 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 adjectival. What else? Give me something good. Tell me something good. Tell me something sweet GM. right now. Well, you, let's hit GM because I know you, you, you like okay, the execution so look, here Mary, from Mary Barra. Mary Barra, I think, is giving you this lineup of really terrific EVs. And she's got her battery system worked out. And she's talking about a million EVs and 400,000. And all people want to hear about is the raw costs and how she's handling raw costs and whether we have demand destruction. The, 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 the gulf between what she talked about on the call and what they talked about, I say that what we need is R-E-S-P-E-C-T because she deserves it. She is turning this company around. And, all that, and by the way, Cruise, you know, huge numbers, although there was a great video. I don't know if you saw the Cruise. No. Uh, got, got pulled over and it just ran away. No. Yeah. You gotta, it's a great, great video. Well, let, let's listen to Barra, who, who was on Squawk Box earlier this morning. Demand for our products and uh, that pricing, which we've already uh, seen, uh, is allowing us to really tackle some of the issues around uh, uh, inflation and some of the higher commodity costs. So that's gave us the confidence that we can reaffirm our guidance. And, you know, we have levers that we can pull because of the strong products that we have that we're going to just keep uh, moving forward and executing not only um, the ICE portfolio that we have, but really focused on accelerating uh, the EVs that we're putting into market and also the progress we see at Cruise from an autonomous perspective. There's the Cruise mention and the EV transformation here. I guess the question is, when does the valuation reflect that again? It was doing that, and then we got the cyclical right. worries about a slowdown. It's uh, an awkward time because we're I know. in a transition. I'm going to tell you. I didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. Nope. What, nope. what is, uh, even though when I speak to her, I dividend. People want you want dividend. You want it. Not, not me. I, I, want, I, I see growth. I like Cruz. They brought in Kyle Vogt, the guy who, who came up with the Twitch. He's really, really smart. He's running it. He's a very non-GM guy. I think that when I go out there in June, I can't wait to ride in one that's truly autonomous. Uh, the Hummer is dynamite. The Cadillac, we have to see. We won't know Cadillac numbers until mid-May. But uh, their lineup is good. Now, I can tell you that their lineup, I think, may have too many. Because you got Silverado, you got Cadillac, you got a lot of different things going versus what Jim Farley's going to talk about tonight with Ford. But uh, I just don't think the stock is worth what it's selling for. But there are many stocks right now that clearly are quizzical in their valuation. The market, the market is clearly a lot more worried about this slowdown than yes. what we're hearing from companies. Well, you know, you listen to the Texas Instruments call. China problem Boy, there, right? Arrogance. Yeah, I, and they are. 
They basically said, hey, listen, shut up and give me the number. Give me the number. The analysts keep trying to get it. But it's all China. And China's shut down. And there's just huge number. It is, but do you know how many cases are in Beijing today? Do you know what they reported? 1,420? 34. Well, they have a draconian stupid. Dr. Gottlieb was so great today. I, I mean, the China could, look, Putin, no, he ain't going to change because he's a crazy man. But, but she, I always thought she was a, a rational, logical person. They have a second-rate vaccine that's no better than our flu vaccine. They, they, were, they, have, the, they have a billion growth. BioNTech. You know, they have a billion BioNTech, which, of course, is the same as Pfizer. And they're, they're not using it. Yeah. Arrogance. Well, they're, they're trying to just sort of test and, and squash it. I will say, though, that the Shanghai numbers fell for the fourth day in a row in terms of COVID. And well, there was so some discussion opened. at a local level that they might start to, to reopen. Mary Barr actually told Squawk that, that they consider auto an essential business and that they're going to start to open the factories and she again. she's a so, great partner there. So they good. really like GM. Uh, we haven't mentioned Elon Musk today. He sells sells out there. Tesla but yesterday was... Tesla was a huge part of the decline yesterday. People forget how big it is, but... Yeah, I mean, China is self-inflicted, and it just comes up on all the conference calls, and except for, of course, uh, Alphabet, because they're not there. Uh, Facebook again tonight. Won't be a problem there. Also, well, no, no China. Just everything else is going to be a problem. Well, you mentioned Russia. I, there's, there's been an escalation there, wouldn't you say, cutting off the gas to Poland? Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people who feel that the U.S. can supply Poland with its natural gas. We, we've, uh, on a month-to-month basis, we went between 1% and 2%. Not that, much. No. I mean, now, Biden, thank you, Rusty Brazil, for this. Biden has to do national, you know, he has to do National Defense Act and say, listen, all that natural gas, we're going to break your contracts, and we're going to send everything to Europe. That has to happen, and that's not happened. And I don't know why it hasn't happened. That's a good point. Also, uh, Bulgaria gets 75% of its gas from Russia. They've been shut off, too, as, as Putin is making them pay for gas in rubles, and they cannot do that because of sanctions, and that's what's boosting the rubles. A rubles. great friend of the U.S. that nobody really cares about, which trusts me, absolutely crazy. Well, we ca- what happens with Germany? What, what, is, is that a possibility? What, well, are, what would Germany do? That gas Germany. prices, by the way, jumping another 10% Well, look, or so we, look they have Europe. to, and they have not. They're talking about recommission, coal. It's very hard to recommission nuke. Uh, the uh, hey, do you remember there was a person who ran Germany who was really revered? Where is Merkel? Merkel. Why doesn't she own up? I mean, look, I I, I just think that it doesn't just, look good for her. Look at that. Nat gas is seven. Now Brian Sullivan did the conversion today. Nat gas is forty over there. I mean, a lot of people, when people talk about this market, they're fixated on the fact that the NASDAQ is falling apart. We did some work yesterday with Carly Garner talking about, who's a terrific technician, talking about that we're still, if you just use the trend line from uh, the bottom in 2009 to to the top right before the pandemic, it took a long time to get up. We traveled. It was a long time to get there. Um, and, and we did 7,000 points. We went 10,000 points in less than two years since the bottom of the pandemic. So, you know, we're going to have to give There's some give back. Up. But I guess the question is, has the underperformance been so acute at this point? Well, we do it. We're oversold. Alphabet was good. Uh, I think that the big issue is going to be Mondelez versus Boeing. In other words, do I want safety or do I want economy opening and you know give me milk and oreos please yeah nabisco snacks it's been a good category it's a good aisle it's a good aisle (laughs) agree we can agree on that yeah as a reminder you can get in on the cnbc investing club with jim 
This is a good time in earnings season. Thank you. Sign up, find out more. CNBC.com slash join the club or just point your phone right there at the QR code on the screen. It'll take you straight there. Before we head to break, it is time for the bond report. Let's take a look at how treasuries are faring this morning. Third day in a row, we're actually seeing buying of treasuries. What do you make of it? When Maybe they were selling, we were in panic mode. But when they're buying, <sighs> they're buying because we're worried about growth. And they were selling because we were worried about inflation. Buying because so they're a great value. Worries. You just said on the dollar, great value. Dollar uh, continues so. to go up. We're now at the highest level since 2017. We also had a huge trade deficit. Do you see that? I know. I'm taking a 2% hit on every single company that's international because of the dollar. We'll be right back here on Spock on the Street. After the break, don't miss our exclusive interview with T-Mobile CEO Mike Sievert. He is here at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange. But first, take a look at the biggest laggards on the NASDAQ 100 for the month of April. We're in the final three trading days of the month. Netflix, NVIDIA, Lucid, Match, PayPal. NASDAQ 100 down 11% for the month. We'll be right back. Once again, once again, shares of T-Mobile higher this morning. It's, no, it should never be boring. After beating first quarter results and raising guidance for the rest of the year, we're getting used to that. Joining us now in a CBC exclusive is Mike Siever, T-Mobile CEO. Do you mind if I have a sip first? Not at all. <laughs> I brought him that mug. Mike is kind enough always to bring me. I like my coffee, Mike. Okay, let's go. Let's go right into this. Uh, so ATT at nine hundred sixty-five thousand is kind of impressive. Verizon eh, not as impressive, two hundred sixty-nine thousand. You guys, 1.3 million. How's it possible you can pick up another one? Don't you have everybody already? Well, you know, investors keep asking, you know, how long can this go on? Right. I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I can tell you that for T-Mobile, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we delivered. And the very quarter people are asking, you know, will we be able to sustain this growth? We delivered right. more postpaid net ads in Q1 than AT&T and Verizon combined. 1.3 million, the best performance for a Q1 in eight years, oh, just know. this quarter. No, and I don't want to sound like a show for you, but let me just do this. Your churn is remarkably low. How's that? I mean, people just like the uncarrier that much. I mean, it's still just a phone company. Over the last two years, the Magenta brand, the T-Mobile brand, we think it had the lowest churn in the industry. And this quarter, no, I know we had I'm... the best uh, sequential performance in seven years. We had the best year-over-year performance and sequential performance in the industry, and it's all because this integration is coming through. We've been telling people for years that we will get this integration done ahead of schedule. Right. Two-year anniversary. That's right. We just celebrated yeah, two years. We're going to have every Sprint customer off the Sprint network over the next couple months, and we're going to shut that network down this year. And so what's happening is as the Sprint customers come across, they love what they're finding. Better plans, better right. service, better network, and, and the churn is rapidly well, falling wait a as second. a result. I watch a lot of sports, and I'm going to get Sarah in this, everybody. I watch a lot of sports. Don't get me and, on sports. And what's incredible is ATT says they have the best 5G. Verizon says it's the best 5G. You guys claim the best 5G. I mean, can I please get some clarity? Because those ads are very compelling. <laughs> Particularly that, you know, the woman in the store, I'm thinking I should switch. Yeah, you'll never get clarity from those TV commercials. Everybody's the best 5G in the TV commercials. Listen, we cover now 1.8 million square miles with 5G. That is more than AT&T and Verizon gotta, combined. It's got to be about 95% more, of the country. More square miles than the two of them combined. In population, we're reaching 95% of the population with 315 million people, more than anybody. But the real game in 5G is what's called ultra capacity. You hear everybody talking about this. They say ultra wideband or ultra capacity. This is the mid-band 5G that's the real game changer, where it's like eight, ten times faster than LTE. 
In that one, we now cover 225 million Americans. We'll be at 260 by the end of this year and 300 next year, where nobody else even has plans to ever go past 250. But does the customer care? Like, where are we in, in the customer adoption of 5G? Because there's been so much hype and investment from you guys in yeah. this cycle. Well, it, it shows that our customers are jumping in with both feet. We have 45% of our customers with 5G devices. More than half our traffic now is 5G with 5G devices. And what's interesting is it's, it's enabling new applications like 5G home broadband. We now, I mean, T-Mobile, not Comcast or Charter or one of the wirelines, T-Mobile is the fastest growing home broadband provider with more than 300,000 net additions just this quarter. And that's happening because of the massive capacity of our leading 5G network. So the question, I guess, for the industry, not just you, and, and clearly you're taking market share here, is is there going to be a slowing? Because it was so strong, the numbers were so strong last year. People, you know, working from home, they had to be at home, they had to have their, their, their fast speeds. But as inflation starts to bite with, with the consumer and, and as we get into more normalized trends of going out, what, what happens to overall subscriber growth in the industry? I think it may go the other way, which is, you know, there's been a long-term trend of all content and communications of all kinds, leaving their linear prior forms and going to the internet. And the internet is going mobile. Now, over the last couple of years, there's been much more interest in home connections because of how we've had to live. But mobile's the trend. That's where the eyeballs are. And, you know, the growth has been remarkable in this, in this sector. So you're calling and, for the death know, of broadband for every And sake? it doesn't matter whether or not the growth is there for the industry. It will be there for T-Mobile because we're the only ones with a rational growth strategy in all kinds of underpenetrated segments. But, but, but look, let's not write off broadband. We can't do that. That's just not right. Well, I'm the, we're the leading broadband growth company right now. Oh, well, you're off a small base. Okay, so get this. I found this site. It says I can get a free smartphone for new lines. I paid a huge amount of money for this smartphone. So how great is Apple as a way to be able to get customers and how are you doing with them? Well, it's amazing. You know, both Apple and Samsung are great partners of ours and all the providers offer great deals on phones. I don't care about Samsung, I you want know. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> all Samsung of, is you know, we, Apple, um, we, we enjoy a great partnership with them because we're able to bring their technology to so many right. millions okay. of people and we subsidize it. So, you know, you, if you come to T-Mobile right. and you trade in a recent device, you get a completely they free love the 13 Pro iPhone with your, 13 with your Pro. Fast network, right? right. But the thing is, after you sign up and get that device, which all the providers will get for you, at T-Mobile, we can save you $900 every year on the service. The service is a big part of this equation, and we've always been famous as the value leader. And that matters more to people right now no, than ever. Does, Inflation is on everybody's minds. Every other category is getting more expensive while we're here delivering the best values we've ever delivered. Okay, now I'm going to do, give you a question that I never thought I'd ask. You, find, you have $1.6 billion in free cash flow. What are you going to do with all that free cash flow? Well, grow it. You know, we just guided, we increased our guidance again that it'll be up 30% next year and this year from last year. And so it's, you know, it's, it, we have a massive unlock happening because the synergies are coming in. When I just said we're shutting down that Sprint network this year, that allows us to increase our guidance again on synergy attainment in year and allows us to reinforce that we'll have 7.5 billion in run rate synergies by 24. So look, we see lots of opportunity. We've said in the past, we think there's a chance for up to $60 billion in share buybacks no. between 23 and 25. I know, I like, that's what I was hoping you'd say. We still see that. Okay, so, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to communicate right now, of course, with your predecessor, John Ledger, who yeah. gives me some really 
often gives you some very, very good questions to ask you. He must be asleep or, or on his bicycle right now. But he I'm used jealous. to describe. Having coffee with Jim. Yeah, yeah, right, um, but he used to tell me, listen, Jim, you don't understand. This time, ATT is dumb and Verizon is dumber. Which one in your eyes, because it's one of your themes. Oh, please go there, will you? Which is dumb and which is dumber? Hey, listen. Uh, uh, I'll don't tell you, you dare. I'll tell you Give this. me an answer. This quarter, our outperformance from Verizon with on net on net ads was the highest ever in our history. Okay. Our, our three hundred. Well, at least AT&T grew, right, Jim? Uh, well, our three hundred forty thousand net ads, uh, in terms of new accounts, was the widest margin of right. growth versus Verizon ever no, in our growth, history. Verizon in Q1. Churn. So are, I think are you really a germ- germaphobe? I think there's something going on there. Are you a germaphobe? No. <laughs> oh, that's something he just sent to me. Oh, man, thanks he a lot, Ledger. talking about you. Ledger's making me flip, flip. He's got some great stuff, and he does seem to think that uh, Verizon may be dumber. Anyway, Mike, great to see you. <laughs> and thank you for the mug. And, yes, you did have the best in show. So congratulations. Thanks, man. It's Mike Siebert. Thanks, Mike, Siebert. good to see you. Jim, quickly, what's on Matt tonight? Okay, we got a couple of standouts. We have Al Kelly, who had the best in show for the Dow. Uh, Mattel, you know, you're not in crisis. They're telling me he's selling the company. If that's the case, why is he coming on? And Jim Farley, he's a CEO of a company called Ford, um, the yes. F-150. I don't know if you have a 150 or a Maverick. No, I have the I Maverick. Trucks. The Maverick is dynamite. I have it in Area 51 color. Okay. Looking forward to it. Love Barbie working with movie, you. Barbie movie comes out next year. You can ask him about that. There we go. Margot Robbie. They yeah. announced it yesterday. You have anything to say, Mike? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.